broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about how you manage your digital life. Thank you for sharing. This week, I wanted to ask you about your best fail-forward moments with technology. What did you hope to achieve that failed? Let's all learn from our mistakes and failures together. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Talking Points. Talking Points is a messaging app that allows teachers to communicate in families' home languages via their phones or internet-connected devices. Teachers must have accounts tied to email addresses, but parents' or guardians' participation is voluntary, and parents can opt out at any time. Families have the option to receive messages via SMS or via the mobile app. Once a teacher sets up the initial list, Talking Points will use an app-generated phone number to send an introductory message to each family explaining the purpose of the tool. From there, teachers can schedule or immediately send messages in their language, and families will automatically receive it in their home language. Parents can type responses in their home language, and teachers will receive a translated version with an option to receive notifications. There's also an option to send video messages via closed captioning in the recipient's language. Teachers can send messages to individuals, a group, or a class. Photos and videos are also possible to include. When sharing texts, the background colour can also be changed. Polls can be easily conducted allowing families to share information. Setup is intuitive, but there's also a help chat option and a resource page of frequently asked questions. Because it allows teachers to invite families who might otherwise feel excluded to participate in the conversation, it's a positive move towards welcoming families into your equitable and accessible classroom. Like any tool that uses machine translation, it's bound to send text messages with errors though, so use wisely. It's definitely one of the best homeschool communication tools I've seen, especially if you have a diverse learning community. I highly recommend that you take a look in the link in the description below, talkingpoints.org. Last week, we talked about your feedback on face-to-face learning and events. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week... I wanted to talk about the integration of tech and STEAM into your classroom. Over the last weeks, I've had the pleasure of attending several online learning events and conferences, some hybrid events and some face-to-face conferences. Some of the themes that continue to show up are tech integration and STEAM, and I wanted to give you an overview of this today. My roles both in schools and as a consultant has been all about supporting schools with the authentic and purposeful integration of technology into classrooms. The focus from schools and individuals within those schools is almost always on tools and very rarely on outcomes, learning or strategy. 
One of the key shifts I believe schools need to make in this space is to spend more time focusing on strategy and less time worrying about tools. Strategy with a well-established culture will move a school. Tech tools will not. The first step in any authentic transformation in this space is to do an audit of the current state of play. I love doing these with schools, both face-to-face and online, and utilizing an external expert can help you identify things that you know, but also things that you don't know, so you can move forward and break the dangerous internal cycles that school silos create. In these audits, we chat to your teachers and leaders, speak with students and parents, look at documentation and identify the areas that are strengths and those that need some development, and then offer recommendations to achieve these. Almost always, this includes a look at subscriptions, tools, and staffing, and how internal expertise can add value. There are so many things schools can do to add value in this space, and it's great identifying these areas with them and seeing the action to improve and change. If you're interested in learning more about these audits, please email me, info at igniteedtech.com. The other area that I'm constantly having conversations about at the moment is STEM and STEAM. All too often I see schools doing STEM as a standalone subject or learning area. To me, it makes no sense. STEM, in my opinion, should be STEAM and should allow space for creative integration into and out of the arts. It should also be integrated authentically across the curriculum and be taught by every staff member. Tech, STEAM and innovation coaches in our schools can and should support and guide this, but not do the teaching of this. Learning should be fluid, and STEAM should encourage students to learn in interesting and engaging ways to stretch their thinking and push their boundaries. I recently recorded a STEAM learning series with TTS Resources out of the UK, and I'm happy to share more information with anyone interested about my findings and outcomes of this. There are some great schools doing some incredible things in this space, so keep your eye out, look around, ask questions, and if you need help connecting to good examples, don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media. To learn more, please connect and follow on your social channel of choice, and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Brandy Wright. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Brandy Wright, a US-based teacher with a passion for using technology in her classroom. Brandy's background as a district technology coordinator and her shift back to the classroom is inspirational. As an inquisitive, persistent, and innovative educator, Brandy strives to connect others with specific skills, information, and resources required to achieve their personal and professional development goals. Brandy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely, Craig. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Let's go. Why don't you start by describing your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? So I am currently a middle school 
teacher. I teach integrative STEM. I also teach technology education. So I wear a couple of different hats um, at my school. So the technology education part of my job is I teach um, intro to tech for sixth graders. I teach an innovations class for seventh graders and a tech systems class for eighth graders. And then also, like I said, I teach the integrative STEM. So um, our school, we are located in Virginia. Uh, We have quite a bit of a diversity in our school. We have a large military presence um, at our school as well as um, ELL students. So English English as their second language. So we're a local neighborhood school. Um, most of our families live very close, almost walking distance to our school. So this is my third year teaching. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, really cool. And I love the, the diversity uh, in your student population as well. It sounds like there are some really cool things going on. Uh, and I know that we're going to dive into some of those now as well. Uh, and I know that at the end, you'll share a little bit about how other people can connect with you uh, if this is already piquing your interest too. Tell us a little bit about your background in education, Brandy. You spent 22 years in the tech industry before moving to become a middle school classroom teacher. Why the change and what have you learned? Sure. So prior to becoming a teacher, I was uh, our district technology coordinator, as you said. But what does that really mean? So that actually is a very vague job title where it could fit so many different hats in some school districts. It's very tech heavy. It's the person that orders all the parts and it's the person that manages the tech support. Right. In our school district at that time, my position was really about going out to research and find emerging technologies to bring them in to our school district to test, to evaluate um, if it, if we felt like it was really going to be very engaging or beneficial to our students. And so we did some redesigning of learning spaces in certain schools. I also did where I would attend certain professional development sessions and then be trained on that educational technology, come back, train our instructional technology coaches or train teachers. Also toward the end of that part of my job, we were preparing to go one-to-one. So I was leading a district kind of committee so that we could go one-to-one. That was prior to COVID. So, but my job was very fun. Um, We started a student-led help desk. We, you know, I also worked with district leaders, administrators at the school-based level, but then I also got to work with students as well. However, (laughs) I decided to make the change because, Craig, you're a parent, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, you know that you're not a parent until you've been a parent, right? (laughs) Yeah. So imagine someone that has never been a parent and they're trying to tell you how to potty train your toddler. And they're saying, no, this is the, these are the best thing to use to potty train your kid. And you're looking at them like, but you've never been a parent. And so as excited as I was about the different educational technology tools, as excited as I was to bring in 3D printers and and um, laser printers and you know 3D pens and all these different robots and let's do this and let's do that, it was very much so like you needed more instructional foundation, you needed more experience, and so I was really just looking for the opportunity to get into the classroom. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I was just waiting for the opportunity. And lo and behold, that opportunity presented itself in August, right before the pandemic. So my first year teaching was actually remote. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And and I love the story behind that too, because that desire to get back to the classroom is, you know, it resonates really well with me. I'm 
you know, four years out of a school now, uh, completely out of an ecosystem of a school as a consultant and startup founder. And it's, I miss it. The piece I miss the most is the people and, you know, being around people and learning every day. And I love hearing stories like yours because it's the opposite of mine in many ways. And that's super inspirational because, now in my journey, it's not something that, that I would consider at this point because I'm going so far in the other direction while still connecting with amazing people like you. But I, I'm so inspired by that, Brandy. I absolutely love it. What do you love most about STEM? And what is your best advice for those listening to integrate STEM into their classroom or school? What I love most about STEM is that it really can meet anyone where they are. Whether they understand what it stands for, what I've found is that every student that has come into my class, even if they're a reluctant learner, even if they're shy, even if they don't feel like they're very smart, or even if they're super smart and very intelligent and advanced, STEM meets them where they are. It it locates the learner. So no matter what they're interested in, what I tell them is you can always find it in this class. If you love to read and to research and you love knowledge and information, STEM is for you. If you don't, but you like to draw and you like art and you like to create and you like to build, STEM is still for you. So this is what I love is, and also with STEM, students can go as far as they want. So everyone is a genius. Everyone is successful in STEM, no matter what. So that's what I love. And I love grabbing those students that are typically very mobile, very busy, very, they like, and even easily distracted. Well, STEM is able to bring them in and to actually harness that energy and to take advantage of it so that it's not a disruption, but it's actually to their benefit. Really cool way of describing that engagement nature of STEM and the integration of how it does fit and tie in. You know, I'm interested in your thoughts on STEM versus STEAM. I have a lot of conversations with schools and some of the consulting work I do around what's the value add of the arts into a STEAM program and integration. Have you seen any good examples of integration of that A or or arts uh, and and what you perceive as the difference there? I love that question, Craig. So lo and behold, our school, due to its large military population, um, we are what they call a cyber STEAM school. Um, What that means is that we receive some grant funds, right, to enhance the technology um, environment for our students because of the the mil- heavy military community. But what that also means is that it's we're not just focused on the STEM, but we do want to make sure that we're integrating the art part of it. And personally, I see the benefit because I love that it brings in those creative kids that typically get lost in a tech heavy field, right? Those students that you think, oh, they just like to draw and this is all they want to do. And they don't realize that it actually is connected to so many other things. So the release that happens when students are being creative, when they're drawing, when they are designing something um, and they're able to see that beauty, it connects them and connects their kind of like their their brain waves to just to even be more successful in the other areas. So I'll give you a good example. Um, 
I do flexible seating in my classroom. So I have, you know, bean bags and yoga chairs and things like that for kids to be relaxed. I have children, students that um, are so creative when it comes to art that during class, they draw during the lesson. So they have their notepad out. And so you can imagine what that's doing is that it's working both sides of their brain. So they're able to be creative in the art part. And then when I asked them to give me, um, just recently, I had some sixth graders and they were supposed to do vocabulary words. And in the discussion board, you give me the definition and a picture. I had students draw the picture. So instead of going out and Googling the picture and just inserting an image from Google, they drew the picture on paper, took a picture of it and inserted it into the discussion board. That's art, right? They, they were able to integrate the two. So I think the benefits are working both sides of their brain. I think it's also bringing in those students that are more um, art heavy to realize that they have way more potential than just that. Yeah, uh, really exciting to hear that case study, Brandy, and it's a case study that I think I'll share uh, with some of the schools that I'm working with currently as well. It's exciting to hear uh, different ways of doing that, and it sounds really inspirational in, in what's happening there. You know, your background is quite different and unique in this space, Brandy. A lot of STEM teachers have a science background, but you don't. Tell us a little bit more about this. Sure. So first, I'll tell you a little secret about myself. Um, I do not like science. (laughs) Okay. Growing up, science was my least favorite subject. So, but that has changed recently, um, especially as being, uh, once I became a STEM teacher, but my background is really in tech support. So I got into technology as a technical support specialist. I started off at a help desk, worked my way up. I've done, you know, analyst type work. And then, you know, I became a coordinator. So it was for sure not as a science teacher, right? Or even as like an English teacher that decided to become a STEM teacher. Um, I was the person that was fixing computers, you know, person running the cords, running the wires, you know, that kind of stuff. So to me, it causes me to look a little different, but I think it's actually um, a benefit because I don't look at it the same as others. So my scope is just a little wider because I'm just looking at it as learning, not, you know, all about the science and I'm learning along with my students. So I tell my students at the beginning of the school year, we are all learners. I learn from you and you learn from me. So some stuff they learn in science, I don't remember. And I'm like, guess what? We're going to learn this together. So it puts us in the same boat as we're, you know, as we're learning through everything, the science, the technology, the engineering, the art, and the math. Yeah, I love it, love it, love it. When you think about the tools that you use in your classroom, I'd love to learn more about your favorite STEM resources or tools as well. Sure. So I wish I could point to just one thing like a a cardboard scissors or something like that. But honestly, one of my most favorite tools lately has been a paper bag a lunch paper bag. And I know that sounds very strange. The reason why is because um, I do uh, just mystery bag design challenges with uh, all my classes as well as even teachers. And that mystery bag challenges, they get a paper bag with about five to six items. Some of them are recyclable. You know, you can use it as a surface or whatever. And then they get a little, a little card with a scenario and they have to come up with the design. They do. They go through the engineering design process, you know, planning out, sketching it out, and then they have to build something and make something. Uh, this has been a hit everywhere I go. Everything that I've done, I have done it with an autistic classroom. The students, they were able to do a design using 
this little lunch paper bag and the items that were in the bag. So my favorite STEM resource would have to be a paper bag and a mystery design challenge. That's so, so cool. I can't wait to learn a little bit more about that. Brandy, let's jump in to some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why, what's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Lately, my favorite resource, it would be online, is the engineering is um, elementary curriculum. So they uh, provide some very simple yet deep uh, resources for teachers um, for you to be able to teach something that's real life, that's connected to real life. Now, my online tool, favorite EdTech online tool would be the Cult of Pedagogy's Teacher's Guide to Tech. Awesome. And what's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? Canva, 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 <laughs> C-A-N-V-A. There, with the Canva EDU, there is nothing that a teacher cannot do with this. It integrates with everything. It makes you look like the best graphic designer ever. It makes you look like you are the most awesome flyer creator, newsletter, web page, you know, LMS integration, even for students and make students look like they are geniuses. So Canva. And what's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career, Brandy? It would be how I start my day. So I have about a 45-minute uh, commute in the morning. And during that time, um, I definitely take that time to pray and to get prepared for the day. And so that is the, my daily practice, and it, it gets me through the day, and it helps me to have a better outlook throughout the entire day. Brandy, you've shared so many amazing insights today in our conversation and I know the listeners are going to want to connect for more information. What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So professionally, you can find me on Twitter at live and move. That is L-I-V-E-A-N-D-M-O-V and live and move. It's because I love life and I love to stay moving. So at live and move, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Incredible. Brandy, we'll make sure that everything you've talked about here are in the podcast notes below as well. Thank you so much for inspiring us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Next week, join me for episode 110 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Dr. Tolu Noah. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.